0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Flash Gordon. You don't have to have see the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Can you hear that bass line? I can hear the bass line, yes. Good. There's the setup. Rob. Gordon. It's time for a podcast. Yeah, you get it. That's beautiful. I was going to just sing that, but, but because, you know, there's a bit of a gap, there's just enough of a gap that I might have gone, Rob, and then you'd have jumped in. So you I realised you needed the bass line. And I was like, Do I plug in my keyboard to try and give the like pumping piano? And I was like, nah, I'll just grab the bass guitar. But you took a couple of minutes to join though, so I was sat here doing this for about three min- two or three minutes, just going <laughs> Testing out the slap sound.
0: That's um that's how they should have done it, is just keep it going for five minutes before it comes in.
1: Yeah. So the screen so at the beginning of Flash Gordon, the screen's just blank for five minutes with the bass <laughs> just going.
0: Just really slowly, Flash is kind of zooming in like the Star Wars scroll. That's that would have
1: been thing. like here's the base basis from Queen, Roger Taylor. That would have been his finest hour. <laughs> yes. Uh Roger Taylor, um,
0: aside from Freddie Mercury, um Is he the one who's the car pervert? <laughs> yeah um he is um he's the drummer not the bassist
1: oh yeah he's the bassist um, but then.
0: he he wrote um i think he wrote that i love my car song didn't he that was roger taylor
1: yes that's the one so i've got i've got the instrument wrong but i'm right about the perversion in question
0: <laughs> but he did he did co-write under pressure as well
1: okay um and that's radio, a good song
0: radio gaga
1: i think is another one that he did lady o <laughs> yeah, where do you stand on Queen?
0: I like Queen. Um, I think their music is far more interesting than their fans. Is where I stand with them. That actually Queen created a lot of really great songs, but they've become so wrapped up in um, they become so wrapped up in Britishness that it kind of detracts from the quality of the actual music they created.
1: That's that's exactly it isn't it. Brexit people love Queen don't they? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um and and that's the thing is that actually a lot of their their uh, like um oh, what's the one with the bass? <laughs> <laughs> Under pressure. We will rock you. Oh, is another one um, that, that is everybody. That's a very good song. Yeah, everybody loves, but it's become that. That's kind of the issue with Queen is that it's it's transcended the quality of the song and has become this thing that people do. I think any band that has a jukebox musical for their music um, lies in risk of the artists themselves um being taken over by the wider cultural impact of their
1: music. You like leave Queen Frankie Valley off. and the four seasons alone. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Um but um but Queen I think are great. I
0: think particularly like their their early few albums are really fab. But then I mean like Bohemian Rhapsody is amazing. Like See that's do... one of
1: their songs that I don't really care for. Oh really? But I think as you as you say I think it is because of the cultural the place that it has come to occupy in British culture, I it's a song that idiots like.
0: But I'd say that Bohemian Rhapsody is one of the less British one of their songs. I think that's more of a worldwide thing. When people think of Bohemian Rhapsody, I think it's still... Wayne's World is something that that comes to mind.
1: We've never talked about Wayne's World on this show, have
0: we? (laughs) No, we haven't. We could talk about Wayne's World at some point. Um, Party on,
1: Rob. It's (laughs) one of my faves. Although I'm, I'm sure a bit like Ace Ventura... Just just to keep flogging that horse. I, uh, even though we had nothing to say about the sequel last week. I, I think it's one that I potentially have nostalgia for that might have some problematic elements, but that is still probably very good.
0: I remember that one of them does have a little bit of a racism in it. Yeah. It's highly likely, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but Bohemian Rhapsody, I think... Um, again, if you just focus on the musical element of it, it's actually a really interesting fascinating and actually quite radical song for a band like queen to release
1: absolutely yeah the problem is that everyone everyone appreciates it yeah
0: it's it's four albums in and like it's incredibly progressive inc- incredibly experimental and they went with a 6 minute long song as a as a as a single um which is which is great so yeah i think um I, I, yeah, I, I think that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Is that Queen aren't just thought about in terms of their music anymore. And I think that's a bit of a shame because their music is very interesting and very good. Yeah. Um, my favourite member of Queen, aside from Freddie Mercury, obviously, who is one of the greatest frontmen, if not the greatest frontman of all time, um, is John Deacon, who was the bassist. Who That's the one. Who basically, once Freddie Mercury died, he did the tribute Um, concerts and did like an occasional charity thing um, and sort of worked on some of the unfinished recordings with them and then after that he's just decided Queen's dead without Freddie Mercury Um, I'll continue working on the financial sides of Queen but I don't want to be in the band anymore and he's not particularly fond of the fact that Queen's continued with only half of the members um, making rubbish music with that guy who was on a talent competition show
1: oh so he's not part of the adam
0: lambert show. no no he's not they have some other guy who plays bass with that
1: i didn't know that i assumed it was all of the original members
0: no he basically just decided i don't want to do this anymore without freddie mercury which i think is probably the right decision
1: yeah i think that's fair you know brian may loves his badges doesn't he
0: yeah yeah he's he seems fine i don't really know a lot about um yeah, and I don't really know a lot about Roger Taylor apart from him, that he loves his car. He loves his
1: car. <laughs> he should be allowed to marry his car.
0: He should be allowed to to marry his car. Um, yeah, I don't really know a lot a lot about him apart from Queen. Um, they seem like they're they're fine human beings, don't they?
1: Absolutely, all of them. But you don't like Adam Lambert. You got you got beef with Adam Lambert. He's just.
0: I mean, he's, he's just there, isn't he?
1: I thought he seemed like a nice man. He can do the flamboyant front man thing. I think yeah, why not let him have a go? It,
0: it just all feels very fabricated. And I think maybe that's the, the issue. Is I wouldn't go and see Queen and Adam Lambert in the same way that I wouldn't have gone to go see Queen and they got the singer from Yes. Was it Yes? Oh, really? I can't, it was one of the other bands yes. around then.
1: Surely not. No, Paul Rogers from Free. Was the guy. Free,
0: that's right. Another single word band from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't have gone to see Queen and Paul Rogers. No. Either. And also, I always felt that was an odd fit because Paul Rogers' voice is very, very different from Freddie Mercury's. Yeah. He's a rap
1: dude guy.
0: It's it's like when Chris Cornell used to do Killing in the Name of with um, Audio Slave. Oh yeah, That's sh- just that shouldn't have been a bit allowed. Wrong about it.
1: Yeah,
0: Audio Slave were good enough with their own music. They didn't exactly. need to do Rage Against the Machine songs.
1: As much as I will always love Chris Cornell and all of those guys till the end of time, yeah, that they should have just left that out.
0: Yeah, just just play Cochise again because that was a banger. <laughs> but twice as fast. Yeah, do do do, they should play it three times, one at normal speed, one at super slow speed to turn it into like a doom metal song. I actually love it. Really, really really
1: fast. I love it when bands play their songs slower than they are on the record live. Nine (laughs) times out of ten, they play it faster, and it just sounds wrong to me. We've talked about this some, before, some, I, think.
0: I think it works both ways doesn't it sometimes when they play it faster it works really well like when you see Queens of the Stone Age live oftentimes it's a little bit faster because they're one of those rare big bands that often doesn't use a backing track yeah um, so it does feel more fluid and it sometimes gets you know it does feel faster but it does kind of work with them um, but other times yeah you hear stuff and it's quicker and you're like no there's something that doesn't feel right about this
1: yeah. So what I'm saying is I'd have liked the soundtrack to Flash Gordon to have had it at maybe about this speed. Oh that's out of tune. <laughs> <laughs> that's even worse. Yeah. About you wanted speed. a
0: sun zero 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 yeah.
1: zero whatever. <laughs>
2: soundtrack.
1: Oh. Actually that was a bit like the day man and the night man. That's something else. <laughs>
0: So did you did you enjoy the Queen soundtrack too? I Flash did.
1: Gordon? It was fantastic. And the, very the rest good, of the score was very good as well. Yeah. One of the many things that make this a very enjoyable film to watch, I think. Did you enjoy watching Flash Gordon?
0: I was so pleased at how much I enjoyed rewatching it. I remember watching this when I was a little kid. We had it recorded off the telly, and it's such a such a fun movie.
1: How old were as you? A kid. I think
0: God, I must have been really young. I think I used to watch this around the same time that I was watching like Star Wars. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's it's not one of those films where I remember the first time I watched it. So I was that young that I don't remember having watched it for the first time.
1: Yeah, and I think this was probably shown to a lot of kids. But I was qu- sort of quite surprised by how horny it is. And there's some stuff in it that I, <laughs> I think I would have considered inappropriate. Perhaps I I first wrote it when I was thirteen or fourteen which I think is just the right age where you're just about old enough to appreciate that kind of stuff. But yeah, there are a few things in it where I was like I don't think the 9-year-old me who watched Star Wars would have got that or might have gone over my head or I might have gone oh, that's a bit rude.
0: There's a lot of innuendo in this movie as well. Yeah. So not just the overt um not just the overt sexual scenes, not no one gets their baps out. No one's <laughs> no. hanging dong. In Flash Gordon.
1: It's not what's that what was that one 365 days. It's not that in space. <laughs> yeah, it's not that,
0: but there is very sexually suggestive comments made but also innuendo that um that kids would not necessarily get when watching it. Yeah. Um but it's uh, yeah, but it is it is quite a raunchy movie, I think. He's a bit of a horn dog. Flat, Flash is a flat, Flash Gordon. Um I don't know where the Flash Gordon I've not watched the original TV series, and I've not read the comics, um, because it comes from the 30s, doesn't it? It's one of those serial adventures.
1: It does, yeah, and I don't think I ever really fully picked up on that until I just started doing some background reading for this. I just thought of it as this silly camp movie that I watched at school and was like a bit of a a bit of a pop culture relic. I didn't realise even that it was based on comic books, but when you think about it, it totally makes sense because there's so much weird stuff in there that's like what they thought was futuristic in the 30s and 40s that has kind of made its way to the 80s film, but has also been updated in the right way for the time, but that is now weirdly dated in a way that you can sort of tell. But yeah, there, are, mm. there were other films, there were TV series, I'd never seen any of them, and I've I've never, I don't think I would bother because this film's perfect.
0: <laughs> it is perfect, isn't it? um they um so so you have uh, essentially what flash gordon was was competition for buck rogers in the 30s so buck rogers i think was late 20s going into the 30s as this roguish guy in space being a cheeky man in space and having adventures
1: here's what i know about buck rogers there's a song by feeder called buck rogers he's got a brand new car (laughs) um and there's a thing in space car yeah <laughs> there's a thing in Alan Partridge when he's looking at a house and he says it's got a buck roger's toilet that's that's <laughs> literally all i know about buck roger's i have n- could not bring to mind an image of what any of it looks like or the aesthetic or anything i just know about it from references in pop- popular culture and there must have been one in the simpsons because that's my source of everything
0: <laughs> I, i'm not sure if there was um that buck roger's also weirdly enough Um, beat Flash Gordon to the punch in terms of a movie um, adaptation. So in 1979, they made a Buck Rogers movie, which didn't do that great. And then that turned into a TV series, which was relatively popular. Um, I think it got a couple of series out of it and it's become kind of a cult classic. Um, So, yeah, weirdly enough, Buck Rogers was ahead of Flash Gordon both times round. But also, I think that um, George Lucas, before he did Star Wars, he wanted the rights to make a Flash Gordon movie,
1: didn't he? Well, I read that he turned it down. Oh, he turned it down? Because he was doing Star Wars.
0: Ah, okay. Well, there we go. Um, but in and, many ways, this um, is the
1: opposite of Star Wars, isn't it? It's, it's a very, very interesting and, I think, apt comparison because Star Wars came out in 77, right? Mm-hmm. So they'd have been working on this with the knowledge of that and what a kind of big thing it was in pop culture. And then Empire Strikes Back is 81. Is that right?
0: Yes, yeah, that's right. It was 80 or 81.
1: So this is after Star Wars has kind of broken that mould, but before any of the sequels have come out. And then they come out with Flash Gordon, and it's just, as you say, it's the complete opposite of Star Wars. As much as I love Star Wars, it ain't horny, is it?
0: No, no.
1: Um,
0: even less horny in the new in the new films than the old ones, in fact.
1: Well, as long as we're not talking about Emperor Palpatine, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I'm reading here
0: that George Lucas did attempt to make Flash Gordon in the 70s, but couldn't get the rights. Ah, interesting. Because um, Dino De Laurentiis had the rights, who then... Um, did make it um and so um but but yeah essentially um because when did they i wonder when they started because they they've been various attempts and dino de Laurentiis has had had the rights to flash gordon for ages but kind of sat on them um and what's interesting here is when you look at kind of the the elements of flash gordon it's it is kind of in in some places does have a bit of an Empire Strikes Back about it, doesn't it? The swampy sections are very much like Dagobah in the Empire
1: Strikes mm. Back. The combat scenes as well, the way they're set up with sort of guys fighting on platforms and that kind of thing. I don't think there's a direct through line there necessarily, but it's aesthetically similar.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I wonder how much of it is a coincidence because they were running alongside one another really in development
1: like barbie and oppenheimer
0: (laughs) exactly exactly um but yeah it's uh but yeah it's an it's an interesting one but i think that's quite an interesting point to make about it being kind of the anti-star wars um in more ways than one as well because actually flash gordon was a huge influence on george lucas when you look at what george lucas was influenced by when he went on to when he was creating star wars it was things like buck rogers things like flash gordon and then obviously things like japanese cinema yeah um, and and westerns and things like that he was pulling a lot from american serials alongside the revolutionary um you mean like lucky films <laughs> yes exactly big 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 funder of kellogg's was a big funder of um of star wars the reason that there's so many scenes in the star wars movies that are in sandy areas is to make audiences feel like they've got a wet mouth that only kellogg's cornflakes with ice cold milk can uh can quench yeah those that hills
1: from. that the um tuscan raiders jump out of those are those are made of cornflakes <laughs> exactly
0: exactly um but but yeah so alongside american serials um and then the the revolutionary filmmaking that um was coming out of japan in terms of lots of really interesting direction changes the design elements the aesthetic elements that's kind of where star wars came from whereas when you look at flash gordon which came out several years after star wars the way that it's filmed the way that it focuses on things is actually really old-fashioned. It really yeah. pulls back to those old-fashioned sci-fi movies of yore. And yes, it's got more dynamic direction and things like that. But actually, it's it's a really old-fashioned movie. It feels like one of those, those adventure romps that Hollywood would create, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely, yeah. It ha- and I think they probably did study the older films and thought what what was it that made them good but then how can we bring this to an audience in 1980 which is kind of the turning point and it's it, it was weird to me almost that it did come out in 1980 because it feels like a 70s film and that obviously makes sense because it's made in the 70s but so I was like oh it came out in
0: 1980 yes yeah and yeah it, feel, it does feel incredibly 70s I mean it is you know it's that um, that crossover isn't it of of the 70s to 80s but it does feel more 70s than 80s in the way that it's been created um and yeah there's just the the sort of campy quality of it this is an incredibly camp film um feels very hokey doesn't it as well it's got that kind of deliberate cheesiness that's quite endearing
1: yeah absolutely it's super cheese if you think you think of something cheesy, this might be the first thing that comes to mind after a nice hard cheddar
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly
1: um
0: so um so I guess maybe we should do a little bit of an overview of what Flash Gordon is about,
1: yeah, because i I wonder it's not talked about that much these days, is it? I wonder how many people have seen it who are at our age or younger. I wonder if, like, the Gen Z is. I know all of you listen every week when you're taking five minutes away from <laughs> They're TikTok. They're big fans. But, but, yeah, I don't think Flash Gordon's circulating on TikTok, is it?
0: Um, no. Well, I think one of the big problems is that um, this movie doesn't seem to be on any streaming services. I know. Yeah. It's very, actually, it's, not it's that not easy to get hold of. People won't necessarily stumble across Flash Gordon um which i think is probably a problem and actually if it was on a streaming service i think it would continue that cult following i mean from our generation we weren't around when it came out even though we sound old um we were (laughs) we were, we were yet to be born
1: it was shown to me not even by my parents i don't know if they were into it either it was shown to me by obviously a teacher who had seen it when they were a kid
0: oh right okay
1: I remember it was um, like because you know I went to boarding school it was one of the it mm. was a weekend film so if you stayed in at the weekend and didn't go home I sometimes I would just to hang out with my mates and have a laugh you'd have school Saturday morning and then you'd get the afternoon to mess around and then in the evening there'd be a film and like, everyone would be able to sit there with much film with snacks and saw some really great films but this is one I have a particular memory of like all of us just like laughing at it and screaming and hooting about how awesome it was and yeah it was a special time but there must have been one teacher who was really into it and it was their choice.
0: Ah, okay. Well, there we go. Um, whereas I think my... Like I said, we had it recorded off the telly um, and I think my parents had watched it and um, probably watched it with me on TV and then recorded it so we could re-watch it again. Um, They were Queen fans, so that's probably where that route came in. And also our surname is Gordon, so they probably thought that was quite funny. Yeah.
1: You must have enjoyed that. I asked you on the last episode, <laughs> but yeah, you get people calling you Flash.
0: Yeah, so so my bandmates in Titans and Kings often refer to me as Flash. That's um, good, but that's that's really the only place it's come from. I, I've never gone around saying "Call me Flash."
1: Hi, I'm I'm Flash. Although
0: I, I should start, shouldn't I, if I ever want to get sacked or kicked out of somewhere? If I start saying "Oh, call me Flash," <laughs> that's, they'll that's, sack that's, you just that's, for that's that
1: being so awful.
0: But, yeah, just being such an egotistical dick. Yeah, <laughs> but. Flash Gordon, right. Let's let's give a bit of an overview. Flash Gordon is the ultimate himbo hero. <laughs> he is this this big gregarious um fella in the movie he is a football player um in the comics i think he's a polo player originally
1: oh right that makes that he's, makes sense he's from for the yale
0: time. and yeah he's from yale and he's a polo player
1: the look that he has in this film i i went and immediately looked it up and was like did this predate he-man because he looks like he-man in human form it's amazing yeah, it's
0: very he-man isn't it yeah um and so but yeah so he is this 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 gregarious himbo um, heart in the right place constantly he's all about helping people Um, not necessarily a lot going upstairs which I'm not sure exactly matches to the comics where I imagine maybe he's got a bit more savviness about him Um, but he's just an infectiously happy and and good person who wants to save the world from bad people Um, he's on a plane um, with a woman called Dale Arden Uh, For some reason, they're the only two people in this private plane um, heading off from their holidays or something. Uh, The plane, uh, unfortunately, whilst they're flying, our villain, Ming the Merciless, who is a space emperor, an alien space emperor, has decided that he wants to mess around with Earth and kill Earth just for fun, because that's the kind of guy he is. Because
1: he's bored and he's got all these buttons the opening of the film shows all the buttons on the thing of the thing, all the evil things he can do before you even see his evil face. It's a master, and it's masterpiece so, of an opening, isn't it?
0: And it's so satisfying. These days, it's like a a, a touchscreen device and you don't get the same satisfaction of watching someone press a touchscreen and then it makes the earth crash towards the, uh, makes the moon crash towards the earth. Um, it's way better than it's a big clunky button that someone presses or a switch that someone flicks.
1: Yeah, all this kind of high-tech stuff they have in Marvel movies, whatever, you can keep it. It's it's like what I was saying the other week about how they have flip phones <laughs> in Final Fantasy VII. Like, that makes it just perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: So he pushes the button.
0: So whilst, he's, whilst, whilst Ming the Merciless is messing around with Earth, um, one of the things he does is, like, yeet the pilots of the plane out of the window. Yeah. Um this this leads um Flash Gordon to grab hold of the plane and with sheer force of will crash land it safely. Um they just so happen to land next to um uh, a scientist called Hans Zarkov, expertly played by Topol <laughs> of all people, from Fiddler on the Roof. I've never seen that. <laughs> which is which is the greatest casting ever, um, and uh, and and Hans Zarkov—he's the only person on Earth who knew that this was going to happen, and he has a spaceship ready to go to go and try and talk to whoever's going to who whoever has been attacking Earth. So they decide. Well, Zarkov decides and kidnaps the other two, Dale and Flash, to go off to this mysterious place in space and it looks like they go through a wormhole but i don't know if it's like another dimension or a dimensional rift it's never really explained all you need to know is there's there's evil aliens on a weird funky part of the universe where everything looks like one of those cool like ink painting things where you drop colored ink into water and swish it around It's really cool looking. That's one of the great things about this movie is that everything looks really vibrant and bright and colourful and weird.
1: Yeah, and and actually it's the kind of thing where the effects should be so dated and so janky and should just look awful. But they actually look awesome, don't they? Yeah. Even the scenes when like Brian Blessed and his flying men are flying across a painted background, like static background. They look amazing and they look really real and vivid. And it's just, it's more, I guess, to do with the way that it's shot, isn't it? And the way that the whole world comes at you. But yeah, there's something in that that just like no CGI could ever replicate, could it? Or touch? I, I,
0: I think, I think the thing is, if you have a cohesive aesthetic, then actually it works. When you look at movies like Suspiria, for instance, Suspiria isn't realistic looking, but it's one of the most beautiful films ever made with all of those amazing, vibrant colours and lighting and everything. And I'm not saying that Flash Gordon is as big a masterpiece as Suspiria, but it's a similar kind of thing where they were looking for a specific way to create this world and they stuck to it and it's still really effective. I mean, there, there's a few bits here and there, like you said, with the painted backgrounds. I think it's the green screen elements that really do sometimes look a bit dodgy. Um, when he's riding a hover cycle, for instance, you can almost see the strings. So oh, Yeah, <laughs> when he's riding
1: um, this hovercycle thing through space without an astronaut suit on or anything, as if like the wind wouldn't just whip you off or <laughs> as if you'd have enough oxygen <laughs> to breathe up there.
0: He's, he's there in his vest, just like, I'm um, flying through space on my hover cycle. What of it? That's yeah, just, this film's Flash Gordon's great.
1: Dedication to the himbo is out of this world.
0: <laughs> he he's the world's greatest himbo, Flash Gordon. Yeah. Um, but basically what happens then is they land and they've got to try and get all of these different groups who Ming is controlling with his evil Ming hand <laughs> and um and get them to join forces together, and together they'll stop Ming and they'll bring peace to Mongo which is the collection of worlds that, that ming the merciless rules. Um, and along the way, you'll see lots of really silly costumes and lots of nonsense, and you'll see people melt, and there's some really weirdly grotesque scenes, like some guy's eyes popping out and yeah. things like that. Loads of really random stuff where you'll go, oh, that's interesting. I'm glad I'm watching this very strange movie um, that's got a cult following.
1: Yeah and before any any of that stuff happens there's like a long scene so they go through the through the portal and they end up in ming's court and there's a really long scene in there where all of his weird people are there he's sort of explaining the plot to them and then brian blessed is there timothy dalton's there being the other kind of leader of the faction knight guy and then um flash gordon has to fight a bunch of the guys by throwing footballs because he's a football player yeah, which for a brief moment in funny. time,
0: American football nearly saves the day. Yeah, <laughs> he nearly perfect.
1: Wins. They just suddenly they have all these like iron footballs, and he's just chucking them around. He's like, "Yes, you go, himbo."
0: Yeah, it's it's so great, so great, and moments like that are what makes this.
1: That um, uh, scene goes on for ages. It was like you're, you're <laughs> half an hour into the film, and we're still in Ming's court. And I was like, I thought at this point he'd visited three planets already, but there's a lot of Ming talking about <laughs> stuff.
0: Well. Well, it's a really good setup scene because it shows how Ming is evil. Because, um, I mean, there's some amazing actors in this movie. You've got Brian Blessed, we've got Timothy Dalton, we've got Topol. And also we've got Max von Sydow as Ming the Merciless. And he is phenomenal as the the man himself. But he has hardly any screen time. So I think the fact that they had that scene at the beginning quite early actually does set up that he is a villain to be feared, because after that he's not really in it that much you no. don't cut back to him that often throughout the rest of the film, and actually he's quite distant from Flash Gordon's antics.
1: Yeah, and I think that works well actually, a bit like you know, in, the, in the opening scene, you it shows his his hands, and you hear him talking away before you see his face and I think less yeah. is more
0: Yeah, it's, yeah they, they use it really well um, almost like um, King Cooper in the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I thought of a few times when I was watching this in terms of this has a really bold aesthetic, it's got an amazing cast, it's a shit piece, it's got a cult following. This is a better movie than the Super Mario Brothers movie, definitely. But there's all of these similar through roads, and in fact the way that they treated Dennis Hopper's King Cooper, where you occasionally go back to him and are basically all he's trying to do throughout the movie is be a creepy pervert, which is exactly what Max von Sydow's doing in this film. That's his character arc. Um, it's, yeah, it, it, it there are these similarities there between those two films.
1: Uh, that's a very apt comparison, and I didn't think of that, but now now that I've heard that, I'm never going to be able to get it out of my head.
0: The Super Mario Brothers movie is always somewhere in my brain. Whatever I'm doing, there's something in there that's reminding me back to Bob Hoskins and John Leguizami.
1: Oh, yeah just a great on-screen combo and equally that movie has some of those
0: really cool weird colourful moments like when Mario falls through the portal for the first time into the Mushroom Kingdom you've got a really similar scene to when they're flying through space to Mongo here, there are these kind of similar things and I miss I miss when sci-fi films had that really colourful element when you think about things like Silent Running as well Silent Running had a lot of colour in it
1: that's an amazing film and I miss
0: that. A lot of stuff now is quite grim and maybe doesn't. And, and you can go with grim if that's what you're really going for. I mean, like Alien has all of that griminess and that reality to it, which is why it's so effective. But like when you look at like the new Star Wars movies, they all felt they didn't feel very vibrant. No,
1: either. a bit dour. Too many long yeah. fight scenes. And again, not enough guys fighting on spiky pits and stuff.
0: That's what we want. We needed more yeah. guys fighting in spiky pits. Not we enough villains walking into rooms and
1: saying things. Instead, it was um, <laughs> Adam Driver <laughs> being a sad boy. And you're like, well, okay, I like Adam Driver, but he's no Max von Sydow, is he?
0: And it, who, of course, was in the very first scene of um, The Force Awakens, Max von Sydow. That's Siddeau, right. And gets murdered by that. Adam Driver.
1: Oh, yeah. So he came there trying to tell them to all about, <laughs> make it more colourful, <laughs> guys, make it more colourful. Here's what you need to do, Kylo
0: Ren. I'm still annoyed at what they did to my boy, <laughs> Kylo Ren, in the last movie because he was so perfectly set up. It's one of the few great things about the first of the Star Wars sequels, and his character in the second Star Wars sequel, The Force Awakens, um, the The Last Jedi, is brilliant. How he basically decides, yeah, all of you old fogey villains are rubbish. We're going to do things my way. It like Because they're hinting at that redemption arc all the way through. And then at both points when he could have that redemption, he goes, nah, mate, I'm a villain. And it's really irritating that they then gave him the redemption arc in the last film. Because it would have been great if he just stayed a villain all the way through. But I digress. We've talked about that terrible film too much already.
1: Um, he finds out that Palpatine had sex and then he thinks he'd <laughs> like to have some. That's it. Is basically we can what happens.
0: Sex? My God. Um, Whereas let's in this talk- one,
1: Ming the Merciless is is having lots of sex already. So he just doesn't. He just is happy to carry on being progressively more evil and disgusting as the film goes on. Yeah, he basically is just a real nasty piece of work. <laughs> a
0: genuinely horrible human being in all all ways,
1: shapes, and forms. Yeah. Great. There's villain. no redemption arc. There's there's none of that. It's he is just a pure <laughs> and simple villain.
0: Oh, no, precisely, precisely. Um, if
1: people talk about a moustache-twirling villain, this is the moustache they're talking about.
0: Yeah, it's a perfect example of you don't need to make your villains overly complex for them to be effective. No, Not every villain needs to be the Joker. No. You can do a Ming the Merciless, and he can just be really evil, and you can want, your guys will want to beat him, and your audience will want your guys to beat him.
1: Max von Sido walks out in front of the court and says... We live in a society, and then the long scene in Ming's court <laughs> progresses, yeah.
0: I just want to watch Mongo burn. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, let me...
1: I've still not seen it. You,
0: you've not seen what?
1: <laughs> Joker.
0: No, no, I'm making a reference to um, whatever... Is it called The Dark Knight? Was it the middle one called The Dark Knight? Yeah, we had Batman yeah, Begins, The, dark, the dark, Knight. dark Knight and then The Dark Knight Rises. I'm making a reference yeah. to The Dark Knight there and the Heath, Heath Ledger
1: Joker. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those ones, but I've not seen Joker. I wonder if they're
0: going to do Joker in one of the new Batman movies or whether they'll just leave them separate because they're making Joker 2, aren't they? With um, Are they? Lady Gaga's in it.
1: Okay. Which is the next Batman? Is it a batman or some batmen it's the batmen surely you've the batmen
0: you've had the batman so now it needs to be the batmen or maybe maybe they're going to go down the alien aliens route and it's going to be
1: batmans the batmans <laughs> no Batmen, surely like spiders men <laughs>
0: B- batsmen yes no but then that that's that uh, sounds no, like it's going to be a cricket, a cricket, cricket
1: biopic doesn't it joaquin phoenix is a disgraced cricketer against the world (laughs) joaquin Um, i know you listen every week
0: yeah come on let's make let's make a let's make a cricket movie with you it will be like taxi driver but it's a cricketer
1: it'll be fun because we don't know anything about cricket i i know some about cricket but I, i i'm not really into it even though my family is so
0: Yeah, I spent a summer playing cricket, and I came out none the riser about how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My parents wanted me to do a sport so that I could get guitar lessons. And they're like, oh, you should go do some sport, and then maybe we'll give you guitar lessons. So I did cricket and hated it, and then I got my guitar lessons.
1: Fair. It was worth it. It was.
0: It was. It was worth it. And then I learned guitar for a little bit, and then, I mean, I... Didn't get very far learning guitar properly. I just ended up just picking it up on my own as well, you know. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you did your I'm thing. Generally self-taught everything. Um, but yeah, that that's the story of how I became a musician. It started with cricket, a game oh. that I do not enjoy.
1: That's a good story. We should make a movie of that.
0: We should. How a mediocre musician came from being an even worse cricketer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the um,
1: inspiring story that's inside every one of us. <laughs> um so
0: um (laughs) what was i going to say oh yeah there's loads of really great weird moments in this movie that i love um i love the guy who has like the laser hand that shoots out and throttles flash gordon when he gets out of the spaceship yeah like what's the point of that i don't know but it's great Um, I love that Flash Gordon first appears in this movie wearing a T-shirt with his own name on it. And I think more of us should have that. I think you should go into work next with Paddy Johnston. Or maybe Paddy in the Flash font. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's probably not hard to find on one of those dodgy websites.
0: Yeah, I think you should do that. Um, And I like... All the weird gross moments, like I mentioned. The weird eye popping is incredibly gross. There's a villain who falls onto some spikes and then for some reason it makes him like semi melt and his eyes pop out and his tongue pops out. It's very gross. Yep. Um there's the weird scorpion thing in the gross woods, um hiding in a little hiding in a little tree trunk. Um, put your in hand in the re- trunk. Yeah. yeah, it's basically stolen from Dune, that, isn't it? Yeah that's the same yeah. as the fear is the mind killer um scene but With a massive himbo, who's just thinking, um, that's a gray scorpion instead. That's, that's the thing, the it's in many ways the opposite
1: <laughs> of Dune, as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Imagine Flash Gordon from this movie in Dune, and it's like, oh my god, there's all of these things I need to think about in terms of like family legacy and empire and, and colonialism, and then you've got Flash Gordon just going, do, 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 go on to kill the bad guys. <laughs> that's,
1: yeah, that's bring purple. it on, sandworm. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's riding a sandworm, and he gets a cowboy hat out of nowhere, and just goes, "Yahoo! Yeah, I'm riding the worm."
1: If that doesn't happen in the second part that's coming out soon, I'll be very disappointed.
0: It really should, shouldn't it? Um, there's also the weird the the guys who have like wires in their eyes instead of eyes for some reason. That's weird. I'm just like okay, that's something that's going on. There's a lot um, of good also, masks as well. There's like the creepy oh, yeah. henchman guy in the mask. Creepy henchman guys with like, yeah, you've got the guy with the mask that makes him look like Crichton out of Red Dwarf. Um, and then you've also got all of the weird like skull masks. Why do space monsters have like human skull masks on? Who knows? Yeah. Um, equally, why would aliens have the same wedding song as humans? Yeah. <laughs> Here comes the bride starts playing when, when Max von going to, um going to marry Dale um, in a scene that I love because the the um, vow is basically, will you love her until you get bored of her? Do you promise not to jettison, uh, jettison her off into space until you're done with her? Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. It's very really? stupid.
1: But that, um, I think that's stupid in a self-aware way. Isn't oh it? yeah, absolutely. Because
0: you've got the spaceship flying overhead with a little sign that reads, "All creatures will make merry under pain of death." As well, yeah. There's all of these really silly moments that are that are great. Um, but there's also moments which I'm maybe not sure that they were recognizing as being really stupid. Um, I think a robe, a flying robot shouting, "Halt, lizard man! Escape is impossible!" is something that has, will forever be seared in my brain. Um, and the lizard men are never really explained. They're like these these alien creatures who are just like massively persecuted. Yeah. And there's no explanation given. They, none of them speak. They just wear stupid lizard costumes. It's just guys in lizard costumes and there's no context given whatsoever.
1: Like Warhammer. <laughs>
0: exactly. Although the lizard men in Warhammer are actually evil. So there's some context there. But the lizard men in Flash Gordon. I'm going to look this up. Are the lizard men in Flash Gordon a real thing from the comics?
1: They probably are. I'd imagine everything in it is from the comics somewhere. There's probably yeah. like a whole arc for them in the comics because it ran for a long time.
0: Oh, here we go. I'm on the Flash Gordon wiki. Okay. The lizard men are a vicious people who live in Kira, the cave world of Mongo. When Flash Gordon was made king of the caves, spoiler alert for the comics of Flash Gordon from the 1930s, I imagine. Um, he had to contend with the Lopal tribes. He was knocked out by the Lizardmen and taken to be eaten. However, he was able to kill the Grand Dragon who ruled the Lizardmen by hurling him onto his burning gridiron. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so they're a human appearing race in the comics, but they wear costumes that make them look like lizards. Right. And are possibly made from lizard carcasses. Okay. They are tr- they are different from the true lizard men of Silith, or the chameleos. So within the Flash Gordon universe, there are in fact three different kinds of lizard men.
1: All right. Okay.
0: That is amazing. What are the chameleos? They are natural shapeshifters, of course. That sounds like you'd a have thought that aliens. Chameleon. There is a, ch- a chameleon Pokemon. Of course there is. Ke- Kecleon.
1: I c- I've caught Pokemon. one of those in Pokemon Go.
0: And they change um, the Pokemon type that they are based on the move that's last hit them. So if you hit it with an electric type move, they would then become an electric type Pokemon. Ah. That's their gimmick.
1: Maybe I should put it in my battle party. No, they're not very good. Ah. But uh, that is a little bit of...
0: If anyone needs any Pokemon facts, that is, that is my big thing. I can't remember if I've told you but I'm when I've got some downtime between game reviews, I'm replaying all of the Pokemon games up to Generation 5, so all of the ones up to the ones that were on the DS, not the 3DS and beyond. Yeah. And I've decided to play them as monotype runs so I can only use one type of Pokemon. So for instance um, I was playing Pokemon Emerald and I'd only be allowed to use ground type Pokemon in Pokemon Emerald. That's cool. And what I'm I'm planning to do, and I've got a little spreadsheet, is I'm going to go through all of the Pokemon games up to Generation 5, and I'm going to beat all of them with every single type that's in that game. So that's my plan. I don't know how many times this means I'm going to play them. Probably about 100.
1: That's going to take you the rest of your life.
0: (laughs) You say that, but since I started doing this a little while ago, I've got through... Um about 12 games so far because I play them all on speed up on my computer. I'm not playing them legitimately. Um don't tell don't tell Nintendo.
1: Don't tell um, Mr. Nintendo. <laughs> don't tell Mr. Nintendo. Don't tell Doug Bowser
0: this. Oh yeah. Um so it actually doesn't take me very long to do it because I'm playing them on speed up. Um so so everything's like four times the speed that it's normally at. But it's very relaxing to do, which I'm enjoying. Um I don't know why, by the way, a race of lizard creatures from mongo would call themselves the cameleos since i imagine chameleons don't exist
1: (laughs) that's the thing all the humans are just humans like we have
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's the great thing isn't it about this that they're they're all these aliens apart from the only thing we get is that ming the merciless has green blood yes but the other the other aliens don't they've all got regular human blood
1: when he gets impaled it's yeah there's green blood on the spike. When he pierces his chest on a spike.
0: But when, like, um, when, when, uh, what's he called? Baron? Prince Baron? Prince Baron. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not confusing at
1: all.
0: Not confusing at all, no, not in the slightest. When they're having a little fight on the spike platform, um, when he gets hit with the whip, it's red blood. Yeah. So clearly the different races of Mongo um, are different species or maybe ming so evil but now he's got green blood
1: it just changes whenever it wants to make a different point if it wants you to think <laughs> that it's actually bloody gore great <laughs> if it wants you to think oh he must be some weird species of evil wizard green blood there you go
0: yeah because because then you've it got the deep. woman who gets shot with a laser and then melts like the witch from wizard of Oz. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's all over the place and it's brilliant that's what we That's what we want to see.
1: Yeah, and it would be nothing without the kind of secondary characters in it. So Timothy Dalton and Brian Blessed, mm. I think, actually make this film because the himbo Absolutely. thing's great, but their kind of interplay and their sparring and all their kind of thing is really funny and the way they interact with the overall story works really well as kind of explaining a bit of the kingdom of Mongo and how it works and that kind of thing. And that's also just both of them sort of giving peak them performances, I think. Yeah,
0: no, they're both incredibly Timothy Dalton and Brian Blessedy. Um, But beyond that, the rest of the cast is really cool as well. I like the guy who looks like Crichton. He's a proper evil, nasty piece of work. He feels like a character that could be in The Princess Bride, except a sci-fi version, doesn't he? It's has yeah. got kind of vibe to him. Um, we've got Ming the Merciless's daughter, Princess Aura, um, who is possibly the most horny person in the film.
1: Yeah, she's Even all over everybody. more so than
0: Flash Gordon. Um, which we we stand we stand a, a a sexually advanced queen. Yeah, she knows what she wants and she goes for it. M- massive respect, especially for a movie from 1980. Actually,
1: yeah, because she's cute. seen
0: as a sympathetic character as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All of the men seem to have something going on with her, but it's not like oh, it doesn't slut shame her, does it? no. She feels no. Like, it feels like she has agency.
0: Yeah, exactly. And in fact, she saves the day a couple of times.
1: Yeah, so she's a very pivotal character.
0: Um, yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, um, so yeah, so she's great. Um, Han Zarkov is brilliant. A our, our very um, strange human scientist who threatens Flash Gordon with a gun, and before we know it is like best friends with them he manages they try to brainwash him but he's singing Beatles songs in his head yeah thinking up lines of shakespeare in his head which stops the brainwashing from taking place
1: um it's a very good very good scene where they spend a long time like reversing through his memory and it didn't it didn't work
0: (laughs) it's a great scene though it's really odd um and um and who else have we got though there's lots of great little minor characters in this movie everybody's memorable and i think that's what's so good about it
1: i mean there's dale we talked about dale didn't we yeah chip and dale
0: yeah. um and and so if everybody's got their part to play and everyone's memorable you won't come out of this movie thinking oh none of these characters are memorable because actually maybe they're a little too memorable
1: <laughs> yeah it's almost like they're c- they're competing for space which yeah, one's going it- to live in your head ro- rent free
0: And everyone's really hamming it up. Everybody understood the assignment here for this movie, which is this is a comic book brought to life. Um, So, I mean, obviously with Brian Blessed, you know exactly what you're going to get. But Timothy Dalton is like concentrated Timothy Dalton. If you were going to make an orange squash but a Timothy Dalton squash, this is undiluted Dalton right here.
1: This is how we're going to get the Gen Z's on board. I'm going to do a TikTok of it, of, of Brian Blessed saying Gordon's alive, and then I'm going to say that he lives in my head rent-free.
0: <laughs> there we go. That's what they say. There we go.
1: Um, I think this might have been the first time I ever saw Brian Blessed, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe. It and was I just realised that he was an icon.
0: And of course his line, Gordon's alive, has become an iconic piece of cinema.
1: Yeah, that's up there with the maybe you shouldn't be living here, isn't it?
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even more so. This is something that is in popular culture outside of Freaks Like Us. Yeah. Um, did you know that he played he played Old Deuteronomy in the original production of Cats? What? Yeah, I imagine that. that. Imagine seeing Brian Blessed in Cats. Imagine Why the Blessed? wasn't he
1: in the film? <laughs> or maybe they approached him played, and
0: said no. He should have played every single character in the film. Yeah. It would have been incredible.
1: I mean, okay, he's he's 86. How old is Judy Dench? Probably about the same. Yeah. 88. There you go.
0: And of course, a tie back to Star Wars. He was, of course, the voice of Boss Nass as well. Oh, Star yeah. Star Wars, The Phantom Menace.
1: Yeah. No, no offense to Judy Dench, but Cats is a hideous masterpiece <laughs> that only could have been improved by the inclusion of Brian Blessed unzipping it his been own incredible. skin
0: that's what we needed (laughs) that's what we needed but um but there's all sorts of incredible quotes from from flash gordon obviously gordon's alive is is the top one um but i do love holt lizard man that's really good um no not the boar worms we never see the boar worms but clearly they're not very pleasant yeah which is really good um flash i love you but we've only got 17 minutes to save the earth or something like that (laughs) yeah great line (laughs) and then and then her shouting go flash go as she goes and runs away from a spaceship that flash gordon is crashing into the building (laughs) (laughs) because that's how you solve a problem like ming the merciless you don't solve him through rigorous debate on twitter you crash a spaceship into him (laughs)
1: Look. Flash is a football player, all right? He needs that constant encouragement. He needs the, the roar of the crowd.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. I also liked, at the beginning, um, Hans Zarkov has a little assistant, who I've forgotten the name of. Um, and, and Zarkov is like, come on, don't you want to give your life for science and see the fresh perspectives oh, of yeah. the universe? And he just goes, no, <laughs> and runs away. It's Brilliant um so yeah it's it's amazing there's a load of great line deliveries and loads of really cheesy nonsense um in terms of the script here it's bloody brilliant
1: the script is very well done and the script is pacey enough that when some of the scenes are quite long which many of them are it doesn't feel like they are
0: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it's always it 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 knows how to bring people back into the moment, doesn't it? Or maybe maybe they didn't know it, but it certainly does bring people back into the
1: moment. Absolutely.
0: So would you consider this um, a shit piece?
1: I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? I think it fits probably the majority of the criteria, i.e. something that is silly, something that is at times stupid, at times ridiculous, has lofty ambition, but it's perhaps too self-aware. I don't know because mm-hmm. I think I feel like it's a film that really knows what it's doing. And a, a, a ship piece is often defined by ambition that is not achieved. And I think this is a film that realizes its ambitions.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think maybe some of the campiness wasn't deliberate, and some of the things that people love weren't deliberate. But I think in general. Um, this is a film that achieves
1: what it wants to achieve. Is it possible to have a himbo shit piece?
0: <laughs> it's definitely possible question. to have a himbo shit piece.
1: We need to make a list um, of those.
0: <laughs> Which, yeah, this falls into that. Um, yeah. Does the Does the Ghostbusters the Ghostbusters remake the All Women Ghostbusters has a himbo in
1: it? Does it? I've not seen yeah. it. Yeah,
0: it's it's all right. It's pretty good. It's people hated it because it had women in it which is bad, yep. but also people overly loved it and they also have the wrong opinion. It's, it's an okay film. It's not So you know, in summary bad.
1: don't hate anything, don't like anything just be, be indifferent to everything
0: <laughs> Look, nihilism is the way forward. <laughs> if we're all a little bit more nihilistic, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in now um,
1: <laughs> This is true, so be, don't, be a bit don't, more don't like Don't Ring listen the to me,
0: that is a joke believe in things and love things that you love
1: um, Channel your also, inner Max von Siddell.
0: Also, don't get too annoyed if people don't like the things that you like. It's okay for people not to like everything.
1: It's okay, for, it's okay for people not to like things. But if you don't like Flash Gordon, fuck you.
0: Yeah, if you don't like Flash Gordon,
1: there's genuinely something wrong with you, though.
0: Um, one thing to note as well, whilst we're on the topic of Soyboy Beta Cucks, we should have our own Soyboy Beta Cuck moment here because Ming the Merciless has been seen as a Yellow Peril character historically. Yes. Do you think that they did enough with the depiction here from Max von Sydow to get away from those tropes? Obviously, the name itself (laughs) is a problem, (laughs) but do you think his overall depiction was enough to get away from that, or do you think that uh, there's still an issue
1: there? I mean... For 1980, it's probably about as sensitive as you're going to get to that, right? I I mean, it's obviously still there aesthetically, but that's taken from the source material, isn't it? I mean, it's not ideal. I think if you were making it now, you wouldn't do that. But I don't think it's that bad, really.
0: Yeah, I think he's not... um, The Orientalism here is basically taken down to like his facial hair. So the way that he speaks and all of that kind of depiction is taken away. There's still a clear yeah. issue here, um, but I think maybe the best way to do it would maybe to really completely reinvent the source material of the villain.
1: Yeah, and they are planning a new one, aren't they? Are With they them planning them a new one? Take away Waititi, of course.
0: Oh, he's making everything. That's he's what, making I'm, everything. I'm less sleep? excited he... about. I'm less excited about that just because everyone loves him a bit too much
1: now. I feel exactly the same. And you know what? I think he's made some really great stuff, but it's like, he could just take a year off, man. Just, like, chill.
0: Yeah, just just chill out. People don't like him because they didn't like the most recent Thor movie he made, which I'm never going to watch because it's yeah, like, who cares? It's, it's Thor 4 or something. But yeah, isn't he also making... He's making the Akira live-action movie, isn't he? Which is such a weird
1: choice. I think so, yeah. that That is a, a weird one. I mean, as much as... There's almost anything that we think should be made silly and a bit knowing. I don't know if Akira is it, is it? Akira is quite serious.
0: (laughs) It's an incredibly serious movie. And obviously, like, Jojo Rabbit touched on very serious issues, of course, because it's about the Holocaust and about, you know, um, childhood indoctrination in the Holocaust. But it still did it with that slightly comedic lens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which which Waititi's very very good at Is combining those two elements But Akira doesn't have that Comedic element to it At all So I'm not too sure about that one But Flash Gordon I could see As long as he didn't make it too Well that just happened I think if it becomes too much of a tongue in cheek thing I think there needs to be an earnestness There with the characters to make it work So if the
1: It's a Christopher Pratt free zone
0: cannot be christopher pratt if christopher pratt gets cast as flash gordon i'm firebombing hollywood <laughs>
1: <laughs> ming's been impaled on a spike well that just happened. Well, that
0: just happened yeah because one of the reasons why this works so well is that the characters themselves are all incredibly earnest so even though there's this campiness and this kind of irreverence to it that irreverence is never from the characters they're all really passionate about what's going on um and so it can't do that tongue-in-cheek thing through character interactions. It needs to be... be If you want to do the tongue-in-cheekness, it needs to come from a place of love. So that's that's the one thing we need. Um, yes, I'm not sure. I'm, uh, he could probably do it, but he needs to just be a bit smart about it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be tricky.
0: Yeah. Um, so is there anything else you'd like to say about Flash Gordon?
1: I don't think so. Just to say that if you... you know, The score's really good... Uh, uh, not just the queen part but the rest of it all the incidental stuff which is by Howard Blake as well as really iconic stuff um, if you haven't seen it and you don't have nostalgia for it you might think it's a bit weird but I honestly think give it a go you'll probably enjoy it as this mm. kind of cult classic um, comic book sci-fi romp there's there's very little to dislike about it and if if you don't like it then well as I said go away <laughs> Get Don't out listen to of our here. show. Get out of town.
0: <laughs> um, did you know that they did a TV series in the mid two thousands? I did not. So, Fi did a Flash Gordon TV show. Um, no. which I think went down very poorly with people and only made it through one series and then got got uh, got dumped.
1: Oh, that's not good. But
0: I might I might want to I want to watch it. Never know. Maybe Why not? when, not if board. you
1: need a break from your hundred-year Pokemon challenge, then that's the thing that you're going <laughs> to do. Gordon. Put
0: On Flash Gordon. There we go. So yeah, any, anything else, or shall we?
1: Shall we rank? No, let's rank, let's rate it.
0: How many spaceships are you going to crash land in a bid to save the Earth?
1: Of a possible twenty, I'm going to crash land sixteen spaceships.
0: That's a very good number of spaceships, and I think you'll be able to get, get Ming the Merciless there. Um, I'm yeah. going to join you. Um, I'm 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 going to join you on that. I think uh, I think 16 is a is a suitable suitable level.
1: That'll definitely be enough to impale him on a spike.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So we've got something exciting coming up next, don't we?
1: Very exciting. I've never been this stoked for a series that we're doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go on then, reveal it Well, it's... well not reveal it, because we've talked about it so much already but... <laughs> We've
1: talked about it over and over It's Alvin and the Chipmunk
0: Yes, so we're going to be watching the four Alvin and the Chipmunk movies
1: And that's not so even we've... the old cartoon ones This is the photo-realistic uh, The photo realistic... ones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> photo-unrealistic live-action ones with Jason Lee So we've got... Um... His name is Earl so we've got
0: Alvin and the Chipmunks from 2007. Then we've got Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeak Wool in 2009. Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked in 2011. And then finally, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip.
1: Right. I will struggle to remember what order those come in.
0: If you look on the Wikipedia page, um, they are there.
1: I hope like that The, the Road paragraph. Chip features a Tom Green chipmunk. Singing about a tiny salmon (laughs) swimming upstream.
0: It absolutely should. Um, So are we going to do two movies for the first one? Because I've got a little bit of holiday.
1: Yeah, that's Um, right. We're going to do a double bill. Do you want
0: to do two and two? We'll double bill them. Because also, are we genuinely going to have
1: enough to talk about? Well, I think we're going to have to dedicate a whole episode to the road chip.
0: (laughs) We'll see how we get on with the third one, maybe. And then we'll make a judgment call. Yeah.
1: But yeah, we'll, we'll do the first two then for the next episode. Oh, absolutely awful. I don't know why we decided to do this. <laughs> because we hate ourselves.
0: Because we hate ourselves. So, Chip Tember, is that what we're going to Chip Tember,
1: yeah. About? Alvin and the Chip Month, Chip Tember. That's still better than Chipwrecked or the Road Chip, isn't it? <laughs>
0: well, I, I quite like the Squeak Wool, though. I think that's quite good.
1: That's, that's good. I'm okay with that one. Yeah, absolutely
0: um i'm just looking at the 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 poster
1: and i hate them already don't spoil it don't spoil it
0: the most irritating looking chipmunks i've ever seen in my
1: life (laughs) and you've seen a lot of chipmunks i've seen a lot of chipmunks
0: i've seen a lot of irritating chipmunks that i hate but these ones they take them take the biscuit
1: (laughs) anyway (laughs) all right (laughs) next time thanks a lot for tuning in we hope you enjoyed flash gordon if you haven't seen it go watch it we love it um you can find us on twitter we will not call it x at big boys don't pod you can email us big at if you want to tell us that gordon's alive and we'll be back next week to talk about alvin and the chipmunks and alvin and the chipmunks the squeak wall.
0: yeah that's the one
1: that's the one i oh, can't wait Alrighty. it's gonna be great bye <laughs> all right bye